So, Dan, how was your weekend? It was so awful. Oh. How have you been? Nice to see you again. I know. It's not like we haven't been together 24-7. Well, no. Since since lockdown No, we we, we pretty much just avoid each other until it's time to podcast, right? Yeah. You're in... Totally. (laughs) We have alternating schedules sleeping (laughs) and working in the same quarters. Uh, No, my weekend's been horrible. (laughs) It has. Poor Danny. I know. I had psychiatric... What's it called? (laughs) psychotic sciatic I had a sciatic nerve pinch and it was awful yeah it was so horrible it was incredibly painful it made the weekend horrible (laughs) and then it got even worse when we were researching because we're going to be doing the Justin Bieber cover baby pretty soon over on Patreon and then we're like we should watch that Justin Bieber documentary yeah and we accidentally watched the wrong one the one from like the sequel when the more recent one yeah never never let die or whatever no it's never believe yeah we were supposed to watch watched believe which was just basically a tour it was so awful yeah (laughs) it was so awful it it was I don't know which was worse which had more horrible pain (laughs) the one that had me literally screaming and crying in the middle of the night or the nerve damage. <laughs> well, that's how you spent your weekend. And I spent my weekend a little more than useless. This is Jimmy P- Sadie Hawkins pod. I'm a little more than useless. But I think that I can't do this. You promised me that I'll get through this. And do something right. Do something right for once. You always want me to do these things, but I don't listen to any of the shows that we're tangentially connected to. I know. I was like, no, Jessica, when you say the line, then you have to say this. Welcome to to Jimmy, because that's how they start their shows. He gave me a line reading, which as an actor is very offensive to me. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I bruised your delicate actor's ego. The other day... I was I quoted Romeo and Juliet to Danny and he did not pick up on it and I was like, "Oh, Danny, you don't understand the theater." <laughs> All right. Well, um, welcome this is Sadie back. Hawkins pod. Welcome back to Sadie Hawkins pod. <laughs> Just in case you're confused. Yes. So, this week we're talking about more than useless. Yep. And um I'm doing some last second realization of where I could have found a live version of this song. But before oh. that, um, we do yeah, have... Yeah, because you, you, you should have plenty of opportunities because you've got the Mm-hmm 10 tour. Well, that's the thing. Well, we'll get into it. But like, there's tons of videos of the Mm-hmm 10 tour. Yeah. And they all, exactly like Devastation and Reform, they all just sound like the song. You know uh, what I mean? So it's not yeah. like, they're not like elevating it nor changing it. And I'm not a person who says you need to change things up. I like things that are changed up and I like it sounding exactly like the album. Well, they've had 10 years to practice that song. So, but anyway, (laughs) top of the show, top of the show business. We have a voicemail coming off of our, I cannot find my Google voice app. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Coming off of our magnified pod crossover. We have, uh, we finally have a new listener, someone who I thought should have been listening from the beginning. (laughs) 
This is Magnified Pod's number one stan. Uh, this is Danny Stairs, and he finally called up our show. What's up, Danny and Jess? This is not your boy, Danny Stairs. So I love that he brought over the signature Danny Stairs move of garbled voicemails that you can't quite understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's his magnified pod trademark move, and he's brought it over to our show as well. Let's continue to see if we can make out any of what he's saying here. Magpod, loved hearing from you guys. It was really fun. Um, it was refreshing to hear music takes from people who aren't like, well, the harmonics were so great in the second arpeggio, whatever, that kind of stuff. So, um, it was cool hearing just from regular people who also don't know anything about music. Well, you know, don't know a lot of technical stuff. Uh, so that was nice. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, our ignorance is finally paying off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, give you my Reliant K take. Um, I was, I want to say I was 16-ish when Self-Titled came out. And I was into it, uh, but I was at that point in my life where I was quickly getting off the, uh, the Jesus bus. Um, so even by the time, what was it, a year later when the next record came out, I was already off the, that, uh, pretty hardcore. So I missed out on everything about them. Um, years later, I would rediscover, uh, rediscover some of that and, and hear some of their other stuff. Um, some really good things, uh, did come out. You know, they, they have a lot of good songs in the discography, but those, Later albums just don't have the nostalgia for me, so while I enjoy them when they come on, they're just they're not the same to me as I know they are to a lot of people. Um, but that was, you know, like you like you talked about, they were in a ministry band at the time that I heard about them, and at that point in my life, I was not real interested in ministry. So uh, anyhow, it was cool hearing from you guys. Uh, take care. Sadie Hawkins Pod for Life. Nice. We got, nice. A, we got a new catchphrase, Sadie Hawkins Pod for Life, trademarked. We're trademarking the For Life. Any other podcast that tries to say the name of their podcast, For Life, they have to pay us the royalties. <laughs> you know how Gene Simmons... <laughs> did you hear what this is true? Gene Simmons trademarked... Because, he's first of all, he's like a shrewd D-bag businessman. Yes. Famously, in the last couple of years, he tried to trademark the, the Rockin' Devil Horns. Yes. And had huge yeah. blowback from that. Yeah. But he did, <laughs> in fact, for real, trademark... A bag with a money sign on it. What? He, he who is he? Scrooge McDuck? Yeah, but that's the thing is he, he did that, and then he's part of the reason why anyone can make a Monopoly parody game nowadays. Because Monopoly. Wait, so he used his evil forces for good, is what you're saying? In this sense. In this particular there's case, there's like another thing. There's a number <laughs> of things that with the game Monopoly, where it was like invented by like the Barbie doll. I think it was like invented by one person, but then someone else took the maybe not the Barbie doll. <laughs> what was it? Some other toy where it was like one person invented it, but someone else stole the idea. Like Kellogg's or cornflakes, right? About all these things where one person invents it, but some other shrewd business person steals the yeah. idea. And Kellogg it invented first. the cornflake, and Post came yeah. along and stole it, and then monopolized on it because one of the Kellogg brothers was a jerk, right. and the <laughs> other one was awesome. But my point is, 
there's a history in the world in in not communism, the opposite of it. <laughs> capitalism. They both start with a C. They should start with different <laughs> letters. There's a history in capitalism where like one person invents something. Monopoly was invented by some lady apparently, and then like stolen by some other guy and trademarked. Oh, but then I hate like that. so there's that, and then there's the fact that Gene Simmons was gonna like sue the Parker Brothers because he had the rights to the bag of money. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was like these multiple things that unlocked basically the trademark of Monopoly for other people to do. Point is, we're going to steal <laughs> Pod for Life out from underneath MagPod for Life. I was going to say you almost just said MagPod. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're going to trademark Pod for Life. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Even I'm going to let you do that because this is... This is your... Even though I'm hoping that our crossover episode last week brought over some new listeners, and now I'm going to screw them over. (laughs) This is a great episode for you to start on new listeners. (laughs) So anyway, thank you very much to to Danny Stairs for calling us. You know, so over on on Magnified Pod, like I said, Daniel Stairs is their biggest... Yeah. Stan. Yeah. And I probably call them maybe the second most, right? Like yeah, because I learned last week that you call up and you get well, mad about the waves of ska. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Whatever. It's multiple things. Yes, that was one of the things. But once in a while, they'll hit on a topic that gets me going and I'll call up and I'll leave like three or four voicemails because you only have those three minutes. Right. Right. <laughs> and Google Voice. Whatever. <laughs> you now, and I are the now two, I feel embarrassed. You and I are the two different podcast listeners. You You don't listen to any podcast <laughs> and I listen to all of them. Exactly. You have to pretend you listen to all these crossover <laughs> shows that we've done with. I haven't had a lot of like personable discussion with them, but there's another podcast out there that we might do a crossover with eventually called Punk Goes Pod. Yeah, I'm actually excited about that. I should be listening to but that. But when you, when compared to how much I've I've talked to Greg from This Might Be a Podcast and how much I've talked to John and Andrew from Magnified Pod, I haven't really talked to the guys, the 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 gal and the guy from Punko's Pod that much, but we're still going to hopefully do a crossover episode with them sometime because they do all of the song by song Fearless Records Punk Goes Blank songs. Dude, I love those. <laughs> and they just shouted us out <laughs> this week because they did um, was it called Interstate Love Song by oh, Stone Temple okay. Pilots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some other like metalcore band did a cover of that. Right. And in their research, they found that Reliant K had covered it and then they name dropped us. Nice. And said that some crossover might be coming soon. So we got to start talking to them about that. Are they but, Australian? Is that the Australian one? Yes, or is that a different they're Australian. One? Right on. Yeah, so many crossover apps. Usually crossover episodes are the sign of a dying show. So what does that say for us that we're only, we're less than a year in and we've already had two crossover episodes and talking about our third. What are you talking about? DC, the like the, the CWDC <laughs> shows have had like a bazillion crossovers. They do one every year. They do a giant like four episode crossover and they're still going strong. CW flipping the script on the, on the crossover. <laughs> That's right. And so. thanks to this podcast, I now am a big Supergirl fan, so... Well, maybe I'll make you a big anime fan in, in this episode because there's a lot of AMVs for this song this week. Yeah, you not going to happen. Oh. <laughs> you like a Gretzko. That's technically an I anime. Do. anime an, an animo. <laughs> an amino. Oh my gosh, Gretzko is so good. <laughs> oh, we have one other voicemail. Oh. And this is from David Catch. This is actually from like a week or two back. Nice. Hey, you two. It's David Catch again. I just had a quick question. 
what's the best Reliant K album and why is it Forget and Not Slow Down? <laughs> Way to box it. us in a corner. You get it. <laughs> Love it. Ties in perfectly because this week, wait, no, we're doing it in song. <laughs> I knew what I was saying there. That was a joke. I just, <laughs> we hadn't aired that for like three weeks. He sent it April 30th. That's like two weeks. Good stuff. I'm losing all track of time. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I don't either. <laughs> I just go to work every day and and it's no problem. Nothing's yeah. wrong in the world. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about it more than you <laughs> That's when you catch phrase. <laughs> let's talk about it. And when we get into the song proper, we go, let's talk about it. Put if, it on a t-shirt. I was going to say, if we ever make t-shirts, we should just put all of Danny's failed catchphrases on the t-shirt. <laughs> exactly. Oh, a neighbor's parking behind you. What was the first one that you were trying to get off the ground? Oh, man. I just want to, wait, wait, before you say that, so our, our kitchen window, where we record from, looks out into part of our building parking lot, and I'm always like, if anyone's parking while we're podcasting, they'll be like, ugh, podcasters. They don't know. They can't really see us. And if they can, they probably just think we're eating dinner or something with a microphone in front of them. Yeah. Stand like suspended over the table. Yeah. <laughs> normal, normal, normal dinner, dinner, <laughs> dinner stuff. There. Um, what was the first one that you're? We are. We are. K when fans. we ever get a Reliant K fact wrong, which I still do. Now, Danny. When I say that Burden the B sides came out in two thousand nine, <laughs> would the R be capitalized? Oh, or would it be a letter R for Reliant? <laughs> no. No, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> okay. Well, we are a Reliant K podcast, so let's start talking about the song this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but, well, actually, I have one other thing to say before that, and this is Reliant K related, so okay. don't worry. Okay. Um, so a couple of weeks back, the lead singer of Fountains of Wayne had passed away from the yeah. virus, right? Yeah. And in researching this song this week, and I just wanted to do this at the top of the show, I found out that Reliant K has covered That Thing You Do, which is a song he wrote. Mm. And if you remember the week he passed away, The Thing You Do is one of Jessica's favorite movies. It is. And that week, the cast of the, the original, all the wonders themselves did a whole stream with the movie. Yeah. And we watched it in the house while we were like spring cleaning our whole house from top right. of the apartment. From and top Colin Hanks was there instead of Tom yeah. Hanks. But it was good. It was good. They had some really fun stuff. I think it's archived on YouTube. So if you're interested, you can still find that. Well, um, I just real quick, and I didn't actually get a chance to listen to if this is good quality or not, but the song we're talking about this week, they played, they didn't play this song, I'm getting kind of ahead of ourselves in our normal format, but they didn't play More Than Useless very much at the time that the album came out. It wasn't a common song for them to put in the set list of mm mm-hmm. Yeah, because I went to that tour. That was my first Reliant K show was during the mm mm-hmm tour when they were with uh, Simple Plan and Good Charlotte, and they did not play the song. Yeah, and they were still playing a lot of songs from the first three albums. They were still playing like Softer to Me from the first album. They're playing a lot of earlier songs, so they didn't fit a lot of mm mm-hmm in to the mm mm-hmm tour that followed, the tours that followed immediately. When you get to mm mm-hmm 10, that tour, of course, they're playing the whole album. There's a ton of footage of them playing it there. But point is, I looked at Setlist FM, and they were. It said they played. It, I thought it said they played it at Cornerstone 2006, but it was actually Cornerstone Florida 2006. 
which I know I was at. Yeah. I can't remember if you were at. I think you missed it. I was it. not. I missed it because I didn't want to ditch school because I was a good girl. <laughs> and I totally ditched school because <laughs> that particular class I hated. But when I got confused and thought they played it at Cornerstone 2006, the actual Cornerstone, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, they didn't play it, but they played that thing you do. So I wanted to play a little bit of this. We're kind of weeks out from... I love it. Let's do it. We're weeks out from Adam Schlesinger passing away, but I still wanted to play this once I found it. And this is Reliant K playing That Thing You Do. Everything we look for in a cover, they made it their own. They switched things up a bit. It's yeah. good stuff. Why isn't this on K for Karaoke? Oh, good question. So good. I think... um, There I, are a bunch of like live songs that I've figured out. I remember from different tours that I was at and that I've seen repeated in different live videos from tours I didn't go to that I'm like, oh, should we do a separate episode on that cover? And I'm like, the only one I decided we will do a separate episode is the Office theme song. <laughs> when it comes to covers that they did live consistently, the Office theme song, they actually wrote original lyrics to. So we're going to do a separate episode on that. But anything else like this and other songs that they only did live but consistently, we're not going to do separate episodes on. Like Cakes Going the Distance, they covered that a bunch live and then they put it on Cave for Karaoke. But yeah, they should have put this on Cave for Karaoke. Yeah, and I don't think it would have been like necessarily a rights issue because I'm pretty sure, unless it's just based on the the record label um because somebody i can't remember who it is now but one of the other pop punk bands covered that thing you do in one of their was it a newfound glory i don't remember if it's newfound glory or not (laughs) so i don't want to say it was them it could have been no you would know if it was less than jake and it could have been somebody else (laughs) i don't don't remember now Less than Jake has done the R. Was, Carly theme I, song. I know it was not less than Jake or MXPX because you would have chimed right in if it was. Oh, it could have been uh, New First and the Gimme Gimme's or somebody. I don't remember. Now. Okay. Well, yeah, that was, I wanted to just play that real quick. I was going to say something else. I don't remember anyway. Something about iCarly? <laughs> I said less than Jake didn't co- covered the iCarly theme song. Oh, okay. On a CD. They did a TV EP where they did a bunch of TV theme songs and famous commercial jingles. And they did the iCarly theme song. I couldn't I tell you what the iCarly theme I couldn't theme either. Song. And I've heard the Less Than Jake version. Well, let's officially get into More Than Useless. That was our opening patter, which, as always, is Less Than Useless. And that's what gets me into my notes for the song, is that... Um, oh. This is not exactly top of the show business. But after our crossover with Magnified Pod... This week, the next episode that they did, they got Reese Roper on their podcast for like a two and a half hour conversation. That's awesome. So score for them. And as always, and at one point, Reese mentioned that before his like 
pseudo solo project, which was called Roper after Five Iron Frenzy broke up, but it wasn't really a solo project. It, and I knew this at the time because I was on the Roper message boards. I was never big on the Five Iron Frenzy message boards when Five Iron Frenzy was around, but when Roper started, I got on the Roper boards at the time, which were a much smaller deal than five, the Five Iron boards were. Yeah, I'm familiar with Roper. They did the third best uh, song titled 1985. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Throwback to our very first episode, I think. Yeah, because there's Bowling for Soup, there's the Huntingtons, and there's Roper, and they all had songs called 1985. <laughs> yeah, so before Roper came out, Reese Roper did a side project, or a new, a new project for post-Five Iron Frenzy called Gorilla Rodeo. And it actually had John Warren in it. And I forgot oh, about that. And cool. I knew that I kind of knew this at the time, but it never clicked in my mind that way. So I think we're actually going to have to do the Gorilla Radio demo nice. as, a, as a Patreon, a, a Patreon episode. episode. Right on. So, but what happened was. Yes, if you would like to hear that episode coming up, you <laughs> sure. can go over and join our Patreon. We do two to three extra episodes a month. And yes behind the scenes photos when we remember to do them right. and, and uh, I'm not all doing one today because I'm wearing a <laughs> office shirt with no undershirt right yeah. now I, it looked like look an like 80s model Don Johnson or something <laughs> I look like fat Don Johnson so no, you're so cute <laughs> anyway so point is I remembered from and we didn't talk about this last week when we had our crossover with the Five Iron That's Frenzy. That's it. Get them back. Get them back. <laughs> the Five Iron Frenzy podcast. I totally forgot to mention. I was at, and I've, I've left them voicemails about this, but I went to the final <laughs> Five Iron. I went to the final Five Iron Frenzy show in 2003 that Reliant K played at. They didn't play on Five Iron Frenzy's final tour, but they flew to Denver specifically to play for Five Iron Frenzy's final show, and then. Apparently, in, in like the mythology of Five Iron Frenzy's final show, Reese Roper led like a bunch of fans out into the streets of Denver singing Oh Holy Night or something. I'm, I don't remember exactly because Whoa. I didn't have to do with that. I stayed back and waited to talk to Reliant K when they were walking around. This, the, uh, the, you the made venue, the right the choice. Solar. Yeah. And I got to find the pictures because I know I have a picture of me and Dave Douglas. I think I might have a picture of me and Hoops from that night. Um, but I talked to, and I don't remember which member told me this. I don't know if it was Matt Thiessen directly or someone else, but they told me like, oh yeah, I might work on Gorilla Rodeo with them. Like, I don't think they'd officially broken up Gorilla Rodeo yet mm. to later become Roper. That's a great name. Gorilla, Gorilla Rodeo. Gorilla Rodeo. Yeah. Radio, rodeo. It's rodeo. Gorilla rodeo. <laughs> I'm almost positive. It's almost a very confusing name. Gorilla radio makes way more sense. Well, but gorilla based... rodeo is an awesome. We name. ain't got no place to go. That's right. Let's go to gorilla rodeo. So yes, it's gorilla rodeo. So anyway, I remember Matt Thiessen or someone else from Reliant K telling me <laughs> Matt Thiessen might work on that band with them. Mm-hmm. And then a couple months later or weeks later, it was announced that gorilla rodeo had broken up. And that it was going to all become this Roper thing. Reese Roper, in talking to Magnified Pod last week, said as much. He said that when he was ready to leave Gorilla Rodeo and eventually start Roper instead, that Matt Thiessen was possibly going to come on as the new singer of that band. That's cool. But then it just broke up. The Gorilla Rodeo just went away. It became Roper with a whole different set of guys and Reese Roper. And then it was actually five minute walk the record label that was like let's call it roper so everyone knows it's you as opposed he wanted to call it a totally different right. name. he wanted it to be a band not like a solo not perceivingly pushed as a solo project right. 
Um, I don't remember how we got, how I went backwards to this. Yeah, but. well, this conversation, I can assure you, has been a little more than useless, but let's move on. <laughs> so we are talking about more than useless this week. Yeah, this is another song that I feel like it really hits home, but I also kind of feel like Danny might not relate as much. No, He's I do. clearly far more stable than I am. <laughs> One thing I'll say I re- I understand about this song is oh that's what I was uh, that's that's what I was thinking about mentioning Reese Roper is that Reese mentions in the Magnified Pod thing about how clever Matt Thiessen's lyrics are and this is like this song is so clever that it goes over a lot of people's heads I found mm. people discussing it kind of like didn't get like. It's, well, a, it's an ironic title. Meanings? I didn't because I can't even. I can't even. I'm just talking about YouTube. I, I forgot to go to song meetings. <laughs> but just on YouTube, similar to The Lining is Silver, where some people heard the song The Lining is Silver and they assumed, oh, it's just about a silver lining. And they didn't see that there's actually a specific, it's the people are silver, the people are the silver lining. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's a specific yeah. deeper meaning to that song. The 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 super clever ironic twist on this is that if you're more than useless, it means you're not useless mm-hmm. because you would be less than useless. It's like that Weird Al song, Word Crimes. What is it like? I could care less means you could care less. Right. It should be I couldn't care less yeah. because there's nowhere else for you to go. But when you say I could care less, it means you actually do care. So to say... I am a little more than useless is an ironic twist that means I'm not useless. It's a double negative or whatever or a quadruple negative. I don't know. But then I found so many people on YouTube, as I was mentioning anime, very, very common theme on YouTube to take an anime character from a show who was kind of like the useless character. <laughs> like the character that you would think of as like Hawkeye from the Avengers. Jessica and I have had many arguments about Hawkeye. I'm yeah. like, no, Hawkeye's a very important character. And she's like, no, he's stupid. He's just sitting there. Okay, first of all, first of all, I never said he was stupid. Yeah. But Danny comes from the context of the comics, whereas right. I have not read a lot of Hawkeye predominant comics. So to me, he's just a character, a very side character in the in the series who gets a little bit of like a bump up for, uh, right. for Endgame. Well, if you were one of these fan video makers on YouTube, you would probably make a Hawkeye music video set to more than useless because you think it's hilarious because you think Hawkeye is useless. No, I think he's more than useless. But that's the thing is the song <laughs> is about real is an ironic twist. So this song is clever in its concept where in which <laughs> I don't know why I said where in which <laughs> It is an ironic twist on the concept of feeling useless. Yeah, I and only, a lot of it goes over a lot of people's heads. Yeah, I only recently like dealt, really dove into these lyrics um, because I used to just kind of hum along when it first came out, and you know, just like I could sing the chorus. But right. I really dove into these lyrics and was like, "Wow, this is such a great song! Like such a relatable song." Um, and actually, you were talking about John Warren before. He provided additional vocals on this song before he was a full-fledged member of the band. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was going to also say, it was one of my notes, that there are lines in this song that don't exactly sound like Matt Thiessen, right? Like, yeah. Like, what's the purpose? I feel worse. That sounds like a callback to 
two vocalist thing. Yeah. I just assumed it was Dave. Like, I still hate consequences. Right. Although I, there were actually two other additional vocalists on I So Hate Consequences. I found that out this week when I did my research, <laughs> well, which go. is so useful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this in the past. I think we talked about it with I So Hate Consequences, but like, no, 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 no. We talked about it with uh, the song that Matt Hoops wrote and sings. What's that one? Those those the, words, are, those not words are not enough. We talked about it with those words are not enough. Whereas, like, I always knew that wasn't being sung by Matt Thiessen, mm-hmm. but their vocal range is so similar yeah. that it's, like, not obvious. And I mentioned this with Fishbone and Big D and the Kids Table, that both those bands had multiple lead singers and their vocal ranges are so similar that you don't notice it. So I always, I would hear this song, More Than Useless, and I'd be like, when they're singing, it feels purposeless, I feel worthless, I did it, that, that pre-chorus or whatever that part is. Right. I was like, it sounds like someone else is singing. And I would have just thought it was Dave, because I knew Dave did all the vocals and he was still in the band at this point. But maybe if I went back and listened, maybe those that callback and back and forth part, maybe it's John Warren. I don't know. I think I know John Warren's voice. I don't know. I never really thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just accepted it and moved on. Yeah. Um, and that's why I have a music podcast. Yes. <laughs> I might not be... The thing is, I might not be... I might not be good at talking music technically, and I'm a very flat singer. <laughs> I can't sing at all, but I do think I have a good tuned ear for to- for for tone. And if I knew how to like actually say what's a a, a flat and what's right. a, I think I could learn how to do that. I think I have a good ear because I've always been able to tell like that's clearly not the same person or I can hear that instrument in there. I don't right. might not know what instrument it is, but I can hear yeah. that. So I, I've, yeah, I just don't have any actual education to I think my most musical Get instrument learning, are my ears. Yeah. Get learning. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but that's cool that John Warren was in there. So I wonder, cause I always wondered, I want to learn about how John Warren joined the band because he was the lead singer of Ace Troubleshooter. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Ace Troubleshooter was an up and coming band like, I felt like they were on par with Reliant K during those youth group years of the early <laughs> early 2000s, right? But then suddenly his troubleshooter breaks up and John Warren joins Reliant K. So I'm like, how did that happen? I don't know. I'm sure that information is actually out there. There must be interviews in the time, but I've never looked into them. I don't know. Get him on the pod. <laughs> get him on the pod. Get him on the pod. <laughs> Hashtag get worn out. Hashtag get worn out. <laughs> took me a minute. <laughs> took me a minute. Get worn out on the pod. Hashtag get worn out on the pod. I, I get it. I think a lot of people have gotten worn out on this pod. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and also, I'm going back one more time. When I said Reese Roper guided some fans out of the theater at the Final Five and Frenzies, yeah. Thing. It was a Christmas time show. Oh. It was like November. <laughs> you should have mentioned that. I'm like, it wasn't I like guess. July. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I guess that's like a quirky thing to do. And no, like... they like he. They basically went outside caroling into the streets of Denver okay, well, with a bunch of fans. That makes sense then. Yeah, but I missed that whole thing. <laughs> I'd heard about it at the time on like the Fire and Frenzy message boards or whatever or something. And then I completely forgot about it for 20 years. And then Jason Zimet was on Magnified Pod and he talked about that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that because I was hanging by the back of the theater waiting to talk to Relan <laughs> K. Anyway, 
Um, I still think you made the right choice because, as we, as you've <laughs> said before, you are a little bit tone deaf. So, <laughs> well, I can be I can be part of a singing crowd. You can. It's so funny. Daniel be like. Jessica, what's this? You know that song? And then he'll start to hum a song or sing a song. It'll be like, I have no idea what you're doing, Danny. I have no idea. I've never <sighs> heard this song before. And then he'll play the song. He'll like pull his phone up, play the song. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know this song. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't give me crap for okay. that time when you played Chick Magnet on the bass. And I'm like, I can't tell what you're playing. <laughs> anyway, more than useless. I'm more than you. I'm less than useless <laughs> when it comes to singing. But uh, so you talked about the song meanings. A little bit. They're crazy. I looked at them. Super crazy. It's just. I saw what you were talking. I saw what you were implying (laughs) that like some people were uh, like one person was like, this song is not about God. Not every song has to be about God. It's like, but this song probably could easily be about God and probably is about God. Or at least about. At least partially. I want to talk about that when we start to dive into the lyrics. Well, do you want to do it now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So. The first few lines, I feel like I would like to be somewhere else doing something that matters. And I'll admit here, while I sit here, my mind wastes away and my doubt starts to gather. You know, you know exactly what this song is about from those lines, like, and exactly what the narrator's going through with those opening lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, who hasn't felt that way? Wondering if you're on the right life path, wondering if you should be like out chasing a different dream or maybe working harder on chasing your dream. And I know I've personally been struggling with like my creativity during lockdown and I've had a hard time finding inspiration. And instead of, you know, taking all of this time that I've unfortunately been given and I, you know, I know other people, I have other friends who sort of work in creative fields and, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, we keep saying if we had all this time, what we would do. And now we've been given this time and like, we're all like, well, what do we do? (laughs) And we suddenly don't have that inspiration, you know, to just go out and do what we need. It's like, we almost need that distraction to Mm -hmm. make it, to sort of push us to do the thing that we need to get done. Right. And, you know, it's so hard where it's like, instead of working harder to make my dreams come true, I've been organizing our apartment, which also, (laughs) to be fair, needed to be done. Yeah. That's a dream come true for me. (laughs) It is. (laughs) But like, I know deep down it's just procrastination. But yeah, like, I totally get that. Like, am I working hard enough on making my dreams come true? No. But like, (laughs) so I totally get what Matt Teason's singing here. And then, so I say, if I can't do something significant... I'll opt to leave most opportunities wasted and nothing trivial that life could give me will measure up to what might have replaced it. Too late to look at my date book is packed full of days that were empty and now gone. And I bet that regret will prove to get me to improve in the long run. It's a mouthful. (laughs) It is. It's like a tongue twister. But also. Prove to improve. I just want to get mugged at knife point to get cut enough to wake me up because I know that I don't want to die sitting around watching my life go by. You so confused me because I was like, that's not this song. It that's is the not, other song. But I like it's right. interesting it's about, that yeah. it's interesting that more than once on this album, the mood shifts to like a regret of time wasting right. and to this feeling of not being quite where one wants to be. Right. 
And this album is the album that really launched the band into the mainstream. So, yeah, so it seems like they were pretty busy at the time. Yeah. Where's that well, attitude nowadays where we're waiting four, <laughs> four or five years for the next album? Well, I wonder if it's like the like uh, there was a sense of regretting uh, where... There was you the know, Earthquakes album in there. I just want to... <laughs> where they you know, were at at the time and wanting to get that push into right. the mainstream. And I wonder if they, like, with this album, finally felt like it hadn't all been a waste of time, that they right. got well, what they wanted. I mean, t- that could be true, but this album was recorded for Goatee. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so this album wasn't... You mean, like, with this album... I'm saying... Maybe with I this, misinterpreted what yeah, you were saying. Yeah, so what I'm saying is, were they kind of going, you know, we aren't really where we want to be? Um... The oh, past so, albums were fun, yeah. but we're not, you know, we're not getting our message across. We we're not be at the level we want to be at. A little bit more serious. We want to be, yeah, I get what you're saying. That's what I'm Sorry, saying. Sorry, I misinterpreted what you were saying as being signed to Capitol or being a part of Capitol. No, I'm not talking but, about yeah, like yeah, record yeah, yeah, label yeah. Right, stuff. Right. You're talking about actual like perception of the world at large. Yeah. Looking at them and not judging them as being too goofy. Like there's something more substantial there for them as artists. Right. For everyone to enjoy. Yeah. I get it. Totally. Um, oh, part of the, one of the reasons I picked the song this week and one of the reasons I did it is off of our crossover last week with Magnified Pod. I couldn't, I didn't really debate Andrew on this at the time because I didn't completely disagree with him. But as I thought about it more, we got on track last week talking about, again, what have you been doing lately? And the sort of like judgy Christian lyrics in that song. And Andrew talked about how, like, Five Iron Frenzy and MXPX, when they have songs that are blatantly about, like, Christian politics, too confusing, when they talk about that, they talk, he, he said how, like, Five Iron Frenzy and MXPX kind of, like, point the fingers inward and say, this is what is wrong with my Christianity or whatever, as opposed to pointing the fingers at other people and saying, this is your sin and this is what you should stop doing. I didn't disagree with Andrew at the time because I was like, well, it's true. Reliant K does have more judgy lyrics in their earlier albums than MXPX or Five and Frenzy. But I for- I wasn't thinking at the time that Matt Thiessen does have songs that point the finger at himself about his own improvement. He has way more songs about that, yeah, in fact. About, I w- yeah. I would just say that when it comes to... Relationships, and you don't mean just with girls, with <laughs> yeah. everyone? I, yes, I mean with everyone. When it comes to song lyrics, and I don't mean just with... Something, I mean, with Reliant K. <laughs> I couldn't make that work. Anyway, when Matt Thiessen points the finger at himself, it's a little bit more vague than, say, Five Iron Frenzy finger pointing at the self songs. Mm-hmm. Can't think of examples right now of Five Iron Frenzy songs, but what I mean is, for Reliant K, is a song like this, he's not saying specifically what he did wrong other than he felt like he wasted his time. He's not saying what he like did and, and what he felt he should have done. Right. And then a song like, I just want to get mugged at knife point. What's that song called? <laughs> this week, the trend, <laughs> this week, the trend. And I still hate consequences. Those songs where he's dealing or so many songs where he's dealing with the feeling that he failed in some way. There's never specifics. I still hate consequences. Probably the best example because He's saying he's he's really scared of the consequences of something bad he did. And there's even that footage from the Live at Capital where he specifically says something bad happened with relationship of me and a person. He doesn't say what kind of relationship. 
he just says, I had a problem that I did something wrong to someone. And I wrote this song in the middle of trying to make things better with that person. But he doesn't specify in that interview nor in the song. So I can kind of get how like there's this vagueness when Matt Thiessen does point the finger at himself. He's which is so funny because Matt Thiessen loves to write literal lyrics, right? Like we talk about it with Seventeen Magazine and all that stuff where it's right. like here li- and, and for the band and the, all these songs that are literally about things happening in his life. But for some reason, when he talks about like his real personal turmoil and things he's done wrong and things he wants to make right, he doesn't put those personal details in there, which makes sense from an artistic point because that makes the song more universal for everyone to understand no matter what their problem is. Their problem could be completely wildly different from what Matt Thiessen's was when he wrote the song. This song or I Saw a Consequences or This Week the Trend could be completely different. Like we see it in song meetings where that one girl was like, I was having a fight with my friend. It could be nothing related to what (laughs) Matt Thiessen was actually going through, but it makes that song universal for everybody. Yeah, you feel that same mood regardless of what the specific situation is. Right. So I I did want to point that out following up on last week. I I don't completely disagree with Andrew, but I did want to like follow that up and say there are pointing finger there there are that when you point one finger at someone you're pointing three back at yourself and one up at the sky or whatever a thumb <laughs> you know this this like this yeah anyway danny was making finger guns at me yeah <laughs> yeah i really i there's only like i don't know maybe like three really judgy reliant k songs you've got i mean obviously marilyn manson ain't my girlfriend right. and, and what, what have you been, been doing, doing lately, lately? I feel like we'll find we we got when we got to do more of the first two albums. I feel like there's got to be one on two lefts that's judgy. Oh man, do you know what I just thought of something? Because we actually we already recorded our baby episode for the Patreon, right? But <laughs> you forgot to say while we were watching the documentary that it was like all Justin's or bags. Oh yeah. <laughs> They've all got a taste for Miller Lightner. <laughs> we've known so many Justins who are all like obnoxious people in different yeah. ways. We've probably known one or two nice Justins. I'm not saying all Justin. I'm not really saying all Justins. I have a cousin named Justin. And he's, he's, a, very, he's very nice, but he has a He's certain, a handful in his own way. He is. He's got a certain level of... Uh... <laughs> So back to the lyrics. My uh, way or the highway might be judgy. We'll have to get into that oh, sometime. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to get back to the lyrics, uh, the rest of the lyrics of this song focus more on a, like feeling useless and a more global sense and feeling like there's more the narrator could be doing, like perhaps he's not living up to God's expectation um, it's my life and my right to use it like I should. It's my life. <laughs> like he would for the good of everything that I would ever know. So that is, it could be, and the, going back to that song meanings, the guy's like, it could just be a best friend. Well, and me, I was like, and oh. it could just be a best friend. But th- that like, it's my life and my right to use it like I should, like he would. For the good of everything that I would ever know. Right. Does feel... Spiritual. Spiritual. So here's the here's the song meaning we're talking about. 12 years ago, Soccer Goof 02. <laughs> There's nothing goofy or soccer-ish about this post. They said, okay, number one, 
And I just want to say, they say, they started off by saying, okay, number one, there's no number two. <laughs> there's no number two point. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I hate when not, not yeah I hate it when it's like it's like number one it, I'd almost rather they go be like okay number one and then they say it and then and then they're like and B and then they say I'd rather it's an actual list even if they do the numbering wrong than start a list and not first go into of it all too. Danny yeah <laughs> first of all is perfectly fine okay number one not every song is about God this song is not about God it's about someone who gets really down in their life and everything is going wrong. They don't know why everything is messing up and they don't want to deal with it anymore. Because they so hate consequences. Right. And then they quote, And when I think that I can't do this, you promise me I'll get through this and do something right, do something right for once. Then Soccer Goof continues, And someone's always there like a best friend to say everything's going to be okay and making them feel better. Because God's not there to say everything's okay. Well, that's their, <laughs> that's their prerogative. Right. And, yeah, because I mean, come on, like in in the in the Reliant K song universe, God is always talking to the narrator of the song. And, I mean, in a realistic sense, it's Matt Thiessen, But I'm just saying, when you look at a, the song narrators, they're always they they talk to God very right. often. So you know. It's a perfectly acceptable point of view. If you don't, the thing that I think that I really think about Reliant K lyrics, especially once you get to mm mm-hmm and later, is that, and even earlier, a lot of the songs you can take away what you want to take away from it. If you don't want the songs to be about Jesus, then they don't have to be. I mean, you can't take for the moments I feel faint and make it about anything else. But there's other songs that you can openly interpret however you want to. That's like when we've been to churches where they play Beatles songs. Yeah. And I don't even mean like uh, the George Harrison song that people always change. It's about Harry Krishna, right? That's not technically a Beatles song. That's no, I'm saying I'm not. I'm not referring to that one. <laughs> but people are always taking yeah. the "My Sweet Lord" and making it about whatever religion they're about. I'm right. not talking about that. I'm talking about when they like we've been to churches and they play like, it "All be. You Need Is Love" and, and "Let It Be." Yeah. Like, yeah, like lots of songs can be interpreted in different ways. But like when Fillmore, which is a sort of Reliant K adjacent band, because they're toured with Reliant K. When they sing "Living on a Prayer," they're a Christian pop punk band. And when they play "Living Living on a Prayer," second Bon Jovi reference in this episode, <laughs> or is it the third? I don't remember anymore. Um, they, they just the fact that they're a Christian pop punk band who have very Christian lyrics, and now they're singing "Living on a Prayer." It changes the whole concept of it. Like they're literally. Like what are their those characters' names? Joni works the diner all day. Chachi works the construction site. <laughs> you just completely erased. Them. But you got what I'm saying. It re it reinterprets Gina. Gina works right? the diner all day. Now you've completely thrown me. Yeah. Out. Well, anyway. Tommy used to work on the docks. Yeah, there we go. Tommy works on the docks. Gina works the diner all day. In the Fillmore version, they're born again Christians and they're living on a prayer. <laughs> Hey. In the Bon Jovi version, it's whatever you want it to be. Whatever works for you. Yeah. So I, I went through all of song meanings and uh, not all of it, but I went through a bunch of it and there's not much else. Everyone else is just like, great song. Love this song. 
Yeah. And people just quoting the lyrics in the comments. Right. With no commentary. Um, and then there's the, in the song, there's the reassurance that's so nice that comes after this of that, like, I'm a little more than useless. And when I think that I can't do this, you promise me that I'll get through this and do something right, do something right for once. Yeah. And that's something that I really love about Reliant K and their lyrics is that there's always, no matter what the narrator's going through, there's always this this like feeling of hope and this positive spin onto it. So it's like, yeah, I'm feeling you know, useless, I'm feeling down, I'm confused about where I am. But then you, God, my best friend, whomever, promise me that I'll get through this and do something right, do something right for once. And I really love that. Yeah. And I think that sets Reliant K apart from a lot of other bands where they might just leave it at that feeling of hopelessness and like end it there. But they always bring back this spin of that, like, it's going to be okay. Right. I can't remember, it was in mm-hmm or a five score song where I talked about how, again, because of Andrew from Magnified Pot, I realized <laughs> what an influence Brand New was on those two albums, on mm-hmm and five score. But I was like, but Brand New has like a nihilism in their lyrics. Whereas, so Reliant K is like, even in the darkest Reliant K song, there's still a sunny outlook by the end. So if you're sick of the nihilism and also the incredibly troublesome history of Brand New, check out these two albums by Reliant K. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so are you... Uh, so I think I said everything I want to say about the song. Yeah. Uh, are you ready to do the deep dive then? For I sure. see on your notes that you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> start i found a harry potter fanfic called Ooh. more than useless uh, butterbear and- <laughs> butter remember that video we saw on ethan luck's youtube <laughs> channel where yeah. matt teeson says butterbear and everyone's like butterbeer and it's like oh <laughs> the f- uh so the first chapter opens with the lyrics and oh, i always get nervous clicking into harry potter fanfics for the podcast uh i'm probably on a list somewhere at this point <laughs> this is what we have a vpn for i know it's on trust me <laughs> um Author's note, the inspiration for this title came from a song called More Than Useless by Reliant K. I was listening to this song right after I finished Deathly Hollows and was struck by how perfectly the lyrics described what I thought must have been going through Ron's mind before and after he left Harry and Hermione. I've copied the lyrics here. Not sure if you'll agree with me, but I thought it set up the story nicely. Disclaimer, I don't own Harry Potter or the Reliant K song. Really? Chapter one, why am I such an idiot? <laughs> is that really then, what it's called? It is. Okay. <laughs> Ron, it was the last thing I heard before I stepped into the compressing nothingness. When I landed, sharp pain seared across my fingers on my right hand. I glanced down to see that the nails were missing and blood was dripping down my fingers. Must have spliced, splinced myself. I barely registered this fact because I was still seething with anger. I took a cursory glance at my surroundings, threw down my rucksack, and began to pace around and around the clearing. I'd 
I'd apparated into. What the hell is wrong with him? How could he act like it was no big deal? I thought he fancied her. He did break up with her, my cynical half answered. True, but I assumed that was for some stupid noble reason, similar to what he'd tried with Hermione and me. Then it goes on and on and on. I'm scared. Aggressive. Very aggressive. So Hashtag angst. (laughs) It does say that it's tagged hurt comfort, so... Um, though no pairing is tagged so so i my my history <laughs> let's just because jessica likes fan fiction we've talked about it enough at this point, i don't know right? what you're talking about my history with fan fiction before she <laughs> discovered fan fiction a couple years ago i was like oh yeah i used to read x-files fan fiction but the world of fan fiction like the world of fan fiction is now kind of tainted by like people expect it to just all be sexual stuff right weird bizarre things like yeah and it does not have to be (laughs) it doesn't have to be but the thing was when i was in high school in like 1997 (laughs) i used to frequent x files fan fiction websites because a lot of the fan fiction at that time was like they were just trying to write the stories i found where people were just trying to write stories in universe like here's my idea for an x files story yeah and i'm sure a lot of fan fiction is still like that now but now it's just got this reputation because of people like uh 50 shades of gray and how right. she just wrote <laughs> a, a twilight fan fiction about where they're like bdsm or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah it's got much. this whole other thing just like how you know furries don't necessarily have to be a sexual thing oh, oh you no. could just want to oh, be a fr- no. jessica i have something to tell oh, you no. i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I, I read, I read this Twin Peaks fanfic once that was really cool, which was about how Audrey goes and I'm just gonna always pretend like the return never happened, right? Because justice for Audrey. Um, so before the return came out, I found this fanfic where Audrey goes and trains and learns to become an FBI agent because Coop disappears after everything that happens. And then she goes out and like goes on this whole adventure to find him. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have to always be M rated. Right. (laughs) Any more deep dive? Yeah, a lot. Oh no. We went off on that. (laughs) So, so much. Fueled by John breaks down the song. One thing I did find was I found like three different blog posts where people talked specifically about this song, not just like an album review, but either they broke down the song or they did like a particular review just for this song. Real talk from Friday, March 27th, 2009. More than useless by Reliant K. In Reliant K is more than useless, the speaker conveys an overall sense of despondency. The feeling of hopelessness repeats itself in each chorus until the last few stanzas where a ray of hope might save the speaker from a vicious cycle. The speaker has found himself trapped with a conversation within his own mind over the meaning of life. He ponders about his place and importance in society. Parts of the song are spoken in second person. This could be reference to a friendship that brings out a better half of the speaker. The speaker's reliance on the friend get repeated every bridge and chorus, clarifying its importance. His idleness leads to regret on missed situations, which is represented in the lines, too late to look, my date book is packed full of days that were empty and now gone. And the speaker realizes that he has every chance to grow from this regret 
and use it as a tool to become stronger. And I bet that regret will prove to get me to improve in the long run. By the end of the song, the tone has shifted to feelings of hope and that things will get better for the speaker. Reliant K frontman Matt Teason takes most of the responsibility for writing the words of this song. Reliant K is also known for having an occasional biblical illusion. Some Christian overtones can be noted. In the third stanza, sixth line, Teason yeah, made... Goof. <laughs> Teason made... But this person did note that it could be a friend. Right. As well. Um... Like he would for the good. The stanza alone illustrates that if the speaker worked for anything, it would be modeled after Jesus. The second person voice could ultimately refer to Jesus or another confidant. Throughout the song, the speaker goes, undergoes a certain, throughout the song, the speaker undergoes a certain epiphany about how he, his reliant heavily on okay. his friend. <laughs> he is reliant is, on K. <laughs> Most of the lines in the song are sung with a stressed slash unstressed fashion category. The first two and lines four and five, while other lines have a slant rhyme feel, do anything of any consequence without me, showing any sign of ever making sense of my time, it's my life, and my right to use it like I should. And like he would for the good of everything bow, that I would bow, ever bow, know. Bow. The first two lines have the same syllabic. The, the first two lines have the same syllabic value. The second person voice makes a connection between the listener and the speaker. For the bridge, the first two lines are complex sentences separated musically by the e- by an equal amount of. Sorry, I'm having to edit as I go. Um, okay. <laughs> by an equal amount. The rest within the simple statements. And sometimes I think that I'm not any good at all. And sometimes I wonder why, why I'm even here at all. In the closing, the song evaluates how every human being has value and are all more than useless. Even if the morale is low, it may only take camaraderie and a confidant to generate positivity. Sweet. <laughs> and then there's a block. yeah that's a that's a nice on the on the point that's yeah. a good to the point uh evaluation of a reliant k song yeah like so many other reviews we find that are totally missed the point and stuff so it's it's so there we go another good review yeah and <laughs> doing then... our job for us <laughs> that's right i could have just read that and been yeah right here. uh so then i found a blog with the same name more than useless.com oh And their post is titled, A Little More Than Useless. To be honest, my son Macy hooked me up with the name of this blog, More Than Useless. He is a Reliant K fan. I like them too. And this is a song title from their 2004 release, Mm Mm-hmm. I like the title because it communicates very clearly how I feel quite often, and the chorus in particular, and sometimes I think I'm not any good at all, and sometimes I wonder why I'm even here at all. I go through life day after day and truly wonder if I'm making any real difference at all. But then it goes on to say, 
But then you assure me I'm a little more than useless. And when I think that I can't do this, you promise me that I'll get through this and do something right. Do something right for once. Only through Christ are we more than useless. I feel like I would like to be somewhere else doing something that matters. And I'll admit here, while I sit here, my mind wastes away and my doubt starts to gather. <laughs> you're, you're saying that at such a different pace than the song. I'm getting to, because he's like, I feel like I would like, but then you're like, I feel like I would like to. I was like, Ugh, wait. Well, because the, so the way this is laid out is that they put in bold the song lyrics and then what's in in like a slightly smaller font and not bolded are the the person's comments only they forgot to bold the lines that i just read so i thought they were still going on with their own statement and was like wait a minute this sounds familiar um and then they just kind of go back on with sort of confusingly sometimes bolding the lyrics and sometimes not but (laughs) something that i didn't think about was this person this person says that their son hooked them up with the name of the blog. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's so interesting to think of being like a parent and feeling because when you're a kid, you're like, your parents have all the answers. And this is a parent who like is, you know, saying that they feel, you know, a little unsure in life and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. when you're a kid, you always look up and you put your parents on a pedestal and they have all the answers and they know exactly what they're doing in right. life. And I was like, this is this could almost be an interesting song if you thought about singing it like as a view. from the yeah. point of view as a parent to a child. Like sometimes I feel you know worthless and useless, and then you're kind of there just to reassure me yeah. that I'm more than useless yeah. and that I'm on the right track, and right. you they, know I'm doing something right for once. Yeah, that's really beautiful. That could totally be. That's great. Let's make a FMV. Let's pick a good parent. Let's pick a good show about a <laughs> about a doubtful parent and make an awesome FMV. Um, and then I've got not a dry eye on YouTube when they see that one. <laughs> Cody Carlson of Set It Off was inspired by More Than Useless. And I'd never heard of this band before. I guess this was something they did in promotion for their album Lonely Dance. Set it off. Set it off is yeah, the name of the I've band. Heard of the band. Okay. I've not really listened to them that much, but I know of them. Yeah. So they're. I don't know if he's their lead singer, or who he is, but Cody Carlson. Um, they were like, I think they're like easy core, post easy core at this point. <laughs> uh, they sounded like My Chemical Romance meets every car commercial you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> when I listened to them the other day, right. When I came across this and I was like, I don't know who this is. And actually I put in, I thought the name of the band was Lonely Dance. And then I was like, I don't understand. And I was like, oh, wait. Did they name themselves after the P.O.D. song? <laughs> I, I don't I'm know. I'm kidding. They didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, Alternative Press asked the band members about songs that saved their life or that inspired them in a big way. Cody talks about a song that helped him through difficult times. When we're growing up, we face a lot of mental tests. We were tested in social interactions when people intentionally try to hurt us to find their place in the popularity chain of command or see what they can get away with. We're tested within our families when it comes to how to deal with conflicts and disagreements. Sorry, I was just prepping my next segment. Sorry. (laughs) We're tested within ourselves when we learn to deal with how we let these negative feelings affect us or how to overcome them. 
It's a lot to have on your shoulders at such a young age. It can break you down. And it's, and that's what it did to me on a regular basis. But I found strength and hope in music. Every now and then, at your lowest point, you stumble across a song that finds you right when you need it. Reliant K is more than useless was that for me. It spoke to me as an equal, as someone else who was also at a very low point and related with me with lyrics such as, what's the purpose? It feels worthless. So unwanted, like I've lost all my value. As the song went on, you feel more and more optimism shine through the lyrics. I'm a little more than useless, and I never knew I knew this was going to be the day, going to be the day that I would do something right, do something right for once. It may be a downer type of song, but sometimes some hair of the dog is just what you need. I'm not the only person who goes through these emotions, and it gave me a friend in that song. It also helped mold an aspect of how I approach lyrics to set it off songs. I'm truly grateful to every song that got me out of a dark place, but this was the first instance of that happening. That's sweet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's my comment that's what i say every time i have no comments <laughs> and then i have uh an album review but i can save that for another song okay well then did you want to get into covers and such let's do it all right and such, and such. that's ominous well i found so first of all i found another band called more than useless but very oddly, like, oh. I only found them on YouTube. Okay. Like, maybe they're a smaller band, and they didn't, uh, they don't have, they don't pay for their publishing to go on Spotify and stuff. Right. So, here's a band called More Than Useless, and let me get specifics about them as it loads. So, four years ago, Jimmy Glover, it was the name of the YouTube channel, uploaded this song. It says... The brand new single from More Than Useless. <laughs> I don't know if Jimmy Glover is a member of the band. But, uh, yeah, so. It's that kind of band. Yep, I feel like, like I'm so, shopping in Hot Topic in 2006. Yeah, so there's a band of that easy core type called More Than Useless, but they don't seem to have themselves on Spotify or Apple Music and right on. even their YouTube uploads are not like officially labeled as YouTube music. So very confusing. Like guys, get yourself out there. Right on. Be more useful. Get out there. Spotify, MySpace, Pure Volume. <laughs> get all the <laughs> Google Play. All the places you need to be. Zune Zune Marketplace. Um then so yeah, this song was played a lot live in the mm-hmm, 10 tour, obviously, because they played the whole album. But it was not a staple of the live sets when the album was first released. Apparently, they played it at Florida Cornerstone, which I was at in 2006. Right. I don't specifically remember the song. Um, but when you look at Setlist FM, it's barely listed in like 2004 to th- those first 10 years of yeah. the album. Then they played it a ton for mm-hmm, 10. And there's a lot of them. Just like Devastation Reform, they all sound like the album. Mm. There's another. <laughs> so let's just listen to one. Here they are in Seattle during the Mm-hmm 10 tour. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, let's see if Dave, actually, maybe this will answer the question. If Matt Thiessen just sings all of the song during the, like, what's the purpose? Let's see who sings. Oh, that's Dave. What's the purpose? And then Dave sings, what's the purpose? Hmm. Matt sings, I feel worthless. Dave sings, blah, 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 I've lost all my value. (laughs) So it is a back and forth with Dave. Now, I have no idea. That still doesn't answer what did Warren sing on the album. Because, yeah, yeah, Warren wasn't part of this tour. 2014, no. So, we'll never know. Unless we hashtag get Warren out on the pod. (laughs) But at least that does answer that. So, it's definitely back and forth between Dave and Matt during that sort of pre-chorus-y section. Uh, Then, now we can get into covers. And... I have great news for you, Jess. Oh. Check this out. Nice. (laughs) That artwork is badass. What do you think of that? It's good stuff. I love it. I want to skip ahead to the bridge part. Oh, no. (laughs) No, it's not Halloween in Owatonna. (laughs) Here we go. Here we Uh go. Okay. Boss, we've come all this way. We're about to save the princess. Sweet. Nice. You like that? Yeah. I'm saying sweet a lot in this episode. I like that album art where it's like the it's the umbrella from the apathetic ep right. and it's like but it's like a winter motif for it and yeah, the umbrella and is worn out is is hashtag worn out it is it's it's uh it's like it's dissipating into snow yeah um so <laughs> i don't know where to start Uh-oh. there are a bunch of covers <laughs> of this this week uh as i was kind of expecting so here's so i know kevin mojica I don't know if he listens, but he follows us on social media, and I've listened to his music a lot because he does a lot of MXPX covers, and here's his cover. Right on. A lot more punk. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to hear the middle of the bridge as well. It's gonna be the day when I was 
you know what else? Uh, when I was listening to a lot of these covers, nobody, not a lot of people recreated the keyboard sound. We didn't talk about the synth. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about the synth, but uh, that synth is awesome in yeah, the it song. Is. It's fun. It's fun that it just pops in there for that one section. And when they play it live, they just they just play it on guitar. Um, and that's what a lot of people did with their covers. Um, I was thinking, I was wondering if at the time, like during the five score days, if Schneck could have done that part on the Glock, right? But I'm like, also, the song's so loud, it might be kind of hard to get the, the Glockenspiel. Yeah, it would have sounded like, do, do, do. <laughs> Maybe the Glockenspiel is just meant for slightly slower songs. Because they, they used it for um, In Love Baking. with the 80s and other stuff. <laughs> slower, like more more chill songs than this one. Um, faking my own suicide faking my own suicide of course um, so here is Laura Critchclow Jessica heard this with me in the car Dry formula that's not oily or greasy, so you I'll cut this out oh uh, no <laughs> keep Scoob away from our home we have our own dog we don't need Scoob okay here we go so this is like a gr- so the artwork it's very 2008. Oh, yeah. It looks like... So a, a lady named Laura Critchglow, who could be 16, or she could have been 24 at the time. It's hard to tell. Uh, very 2008-looking. She Her fashion and her hair looks very 2008. A little Avril. A little Avril Lavigne-esque. Uh, her logo is her name, but with a heart for the O in Critchglow. And then the album is called Extraordinary. And this is on Spotify. This was only uploaded four years ago, but, huh. Published in 2015. Oh, released 2008. So then, but then, okay. So from what I can imagine is, like, this was, like, a demo she did to get herself out there, like, a... Right. To to try to become a singer. And she did a cover of More Than Useless. I think think it's an EP, and it also has an original song It's pretty good. Yeah. So we didn't actually play it yet, but Jessica did hear it in the car (laughs) with me earlier. And this is the song. This is her version. I love the harmonies with herself, just like Matt Thiessen always does. Good stuff. I have to imagine it's her harmonizing with herself. Although on this song, I think it's Matt Thiessen harmonizing with everybody else in right. the band on the actual track. Because we know John Warren's on there. We know Dave's on there. Um, yeah, what the... Come on, Goatee Records. Sign Laura <laughs> Critchglow. I don't, know, I don't know if she's still pursuing music nowadays, but she re-uploaded her music in 2015. So uh, let's hear how she does the synth, how the synth part.
well, they didn't even do that melody. They just started like strumming some yeah. skate punk chords. They this didn't sounds actually... like it should be on the Princess Diary soundtrack. <laughs> or Legally Blonde. Either one. Perfect. Or both. Both, yeah. Um, let's Why see. Why not both? <laughs> There's a lot of covers. Um, and I feel like they're all about good. <laughs> they're all about good. <laughs> Uh, we should do at least one. Oh yeah, I almost I'm good. I buried this in my notes. Good thing I found it. Well, let's do one acoustic cover. This is Pena Sound More. Wait, <laughs> this is Pena Sound More Than Useless, and this is his acoustic cover, Pena Sound, on SoundCloud. Danny, stop playing Animal Crossing in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> does it sound like Animal Crossing music it totally to you? It does. <laughs> I feel like I would like to be somewhere else doing something that matters. And I'll admit here, while I sit here, my mind wastes away and my thoughts start to gather. What's the purpose? It feels worthless. So unwanted like I've lost all my value. I can't find it, not in the least bit. I'm just scared, so scared that I'll fail you Sometimes I So I say if I can't do something So again, he his section his uh instead of the synth, he's just again striking the acoustic chords. Um come on people, get those synths out. Yeah. Aren't there like free synths online? Uh and then I'm so excited. You should have hit up Greg from They Might Be a Podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um here is a very excited for this oh wait before that here's the nightcore version it sounds horrible right <laughs> this is a bad nightcore again people think anyone can do everyone thinks you, anyone can do a nightcore technically anyone can but i think there is a mathematical equation to nightcore you have to no, you have to find the sweet spot. You probably have to listen at every percent sped up until you find the sweet spot. You can't just hit fast forward and think it's it's good enough nightcore. Like you have to know because it. I looked yeah, up nightcore, nightcore artists. Yeah. I looked up nightcore one time and it was conflicting information, but it was like nightcore is a song sped up between fifteen to fifty percent or something like that. It was a very specific range. And I'm like, but you need to find that exact 15 to 50% is, yeah, that's a very broad range. Yeah, but yeah. like, it, depending on how fast the song is. Yeah. So this Nightcore, however fast they sped it up, whatever they use to speed it up, you can't just use anything to speed it up because sometimes they clip when they speed mm-hmm. up depending on the app you use. So here's the Nightcore. I think this one does not sound good. <laughs> Jessica just made a face. And there's a weird tinniness to it. Yeah, and yeah, it's really hollow sounding. Yeah, Um, and then the so then uh, unlike most nightcore is supposed to, it has like a anime girl in a bikini 
on the on the for the artwork. But then I love this. It says, if you are the original owner, please message me before copyright block. I will remove the song or art. Thank you. And then they leave their email address. But the thing is, they're not going to contact you. And I've done this. I've uploaded like rare albums to YouTube and I've put that same thing in there. But I put it in there more for like people to get off my back about mm-hmm. like, you don't own the rights to this. I'm like, yeah, I know I don't own the rights to this. So I put that message in there. But the thing is, if you're the copyright holder, you go click and it's blocked. Yeah. But you're not going to go click, 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 type, type, type. Hey, can you please take this down right. to some strange kid? Yeah. And I say strange kid, meaning that I could be a strange kid. I'm a strange <laughs> kid, too. Uh, and now we can get to the the cover that I really wanted to show you. Go I'm not even going to tell you. I'm just going to play it. Here it is. Okay. Hey, it works. It works. It totally works. Uh, this is by Dr. Bricks. More than Fireflies, Reliant K versus Owl City. No one wants to see Reliant K versus Owl City. No matter who wins, we all lose. <laughs> In fact, a lot of people want to see a pair up of shipping of Baptiste right. and an Owl City. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's covers. There's lots of other ones, but we're going to move on to fan stuff because like i said there are a ton of anime things for this song and a lot of them like um they take digimon the original the original adventure zero one of digimon and they take matt from that the older brother of the two younger brothers they take him who i guess they were thinking this character is like the most useless character you mean like the first episode or the first season? The first season? season, the original season. Okay. Which you might, if you ever even saw Digimon nope. art ever, the original, original Digimon cartoon. Oh, didn't you have a Digimon poster hanging up in your, I did. your room? I yeah, did. You did when we met. In, in college. <laughs> it was a free poster. Okay, like, I, have this seen, up. I have seen Digimon yeah. art then. <laughs> uh, there's two different Krillin from Dragon Ball Z is more than useless. Um, there's a Doctor Who... Is that a guy or a ship? What? No, Krillin is the name of the character. Oh, okay. He's the character that's died the most on in Dragon Ball <laughs> continuity, because, you know, you can wish okay. him back with the Dragon Balls. I didn't know that, but cool. You can right wish on. people back to life with the Dragon Balls. Although, I want some Dragon Balls. That's awesome. Initially, you can only wish back certain people once with the Dragon Balls, but then they introduce other Dragon Balls that can bring people back multiple... Whatever. Sweet. Krillin... There's definitely a more useless character in Dragon Ball, which is Yamcha. <laughs> Yamcha and Tien are more useless than Krillin, for sure. But they made t- two different people make Krillin music videos. Someone took Cosmo from Sonic X, which I've not watched a lot of Sonic X, despite being a Sonic fan. Cosmo is like the green, like, plant lady. I have no idea. Okay. Um, and then there's this Doctor Who companion from... The Fourth Doctor, and I've watched a little bit of The Fourth Doctor. Did you make the rocks fall, Harry? 
<laughs> so they're just showing you this guy because he's useless. Yeah. Gotcha. So apparently for the fourth doctor, there was this companion <laughs> named Harry Sullivan that I guess got a little a lot of criticism. Oh. From the has criticism from the fan community, so they made this music video about how Harry Sullivan is less than useless. <laughs> and then I don't think it's gonna rock our world like the last time this happened, but it's back. Transformers and Reliant K come together again. Nice. This time it's Cheetor from the Beast Wars is more than useless. And it opens it opens with some dialogue. It's a little bit more fitting because this is a CGI cartoon from the early 2000s. It looks horrible. It looks really bad. Wow. This was oh an early CGI TV show. Like It looks like a Sega CD game. Right. And this is when the Transformers got turned into animals. And yeah, it was all CGI, early 2000s, after reboot, but before... I don't know when when anim- when CGI animation got better on TV. Man, when are we gonna get some Animorphs fan music videos? Oh, nice. That'd be awesome. And then there's a Home on the Range Disney AMV. Remember Home on the Range, the Disney animated movie? Yeah. 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 I had forgotten it existed. I'm like, why didn't they use this for May the Horse Be With You? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I totally didn't realize that was Disney. I thought it was like DreamWorks or something. I think Home on the Range is Disney. Now we have to look this up. Yeah. David Park, let us know. (laughs) Home on the Range. Yeah, it's Disney. Wow. Disney 2004. Was that like their biggest flop? No, their biggest flop was Mars Needs Moms. Oh. That CGI movie. Talk talk about bad CGI. Yeah. I don't think about that as being a flop per se because our our friends, the Skellies with kids, they love that movie Mars and would watch moms? it. Yeah, and they oh used to watch God. it over and over again. And so I was like, oh, I guess this is just what's popular with the kiddos these days. <laughs> well, no, that's like their biggest flop because it costs like $300 million or something and it only brought in like, Oof. I don't know, Oof. I don't remember, $80 million or something. Oof. Like huge, huge loss. Yikes. Anyway, last thing we got here, and this is the first time I've come across this, seen lots of anime music videos, but never a live action cosplay music video. I've never Whoa. seen CMV before. So these two people in Hysteria cosplay, they dress up as these two characters from an anime I've never heard of called Halita Hedalia Axis Power. Never heard of it. Sorry. Just not, well, not heard of it. You've never heard of it. It must be pretty obscure. <laughs> and apparently this <laughs> ship is called Pure Can. Okay. Because I guess it's a character from Prussia and a character from Canada. Right on. So they're called Pure Can. But these two people, and I was so confused when I first watched it. Because at first I just thought it was... I didn't understand CMV meant cosplay music video. So at first I thought... And it says more than useless pure can CMV. What am I looking at? Is that a red solo cup? What is that? I don't know. It's some sort of red cup, yeah. 
So I thought it was just some lady. I thought it, was, it just looks like it just looks like some person. I shouldn't say lady because I don't. I can't. I think I don't know what the genders of the character, much less the actress or actor is. But this person gets just looks like a person hanging out in their house. Yeah. I cannot tell that they're in cosplay. They're just they're wearing like a. They kind of look like a Midwestern mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wearing glasses, hair, <laughs> like a picnic table hair type shirt. Has hair. They pick up their iPhone. Do they and have iPhones in this anime? Morning. They keep morning birdie says on their phone, and they got they smile. Text. And it just seems like they're going about their day. I'm like, okay, I had no idea this was based on an anime until they cut to the second person. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I looked down at the name and it said Hysteria Cosplay. Because the second person that they introduce is clearly like anime cosplay. Yeah. Like they've got, I think they have contact lenses in. They have stock white. They have like snow white hair that's clearly a wig. With that cut, you know, like the The Bob like the cut. The Bob cut. cut. The cake cut. Yeah, K-pop cut. So I'm like, okay, this is a whole new world. I had no idea. Cosplay music video. It took me this long. Finally, I, I Googled CMV. I'm like, okay, cosplay music video. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. But it's just these two people who dress as these two characters from this anime. And then they kind of just go about their days. And then and then they meet up later. And they go for a walk in the woods. Nice. In the snow. Oh, wow. So, okay. Nice. Nice. Whole new world to open right up. Right on. I'm going to start looking into the cosplay music video world. What do you think? I have seen a couple cosplay music videos before because I'm a big uh, Critical Role fan. Oh, okay. And they, I, so I follow all that sort of stuff on like Twitter and everything. So a couple of them will pop up in my feed every now and then. And right. sometimes I'll watch them because they like do these really amazing elaborate costumes because you have like... You have D and D characters, so you've got you know like tieflings and all sorts of stuff, and it's it's cool. It's so, it's cool. so cool. Everything you're describing <laughs> sounds like the coolest. <laughs> it's more than cool. <laughs> so it really is impressive, though, as far as like makeup and and costuming goes. Check it out if you check into it that. out. And hey, if you ever all out there want to start cosplaying as us. And make your own cosplay music video of Sadie Hawkins pod. <laughs> if you ship Danny, what would our ship name be? Danica, right? Danica. Yeah. It's a real name. I know. So. <laughs> I was always like, if we have a daughter, we should name her Danica because it's just our names put together. But that would be so confusing because Danny is Danny. And then what am I going to call her? Like Danny. Ica. Well, that's a Sounds terrible like an anime name. name. It's a terrible name. So, yeah, if you want to send us your cosplay music videos, you can email us at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. Tell us if your name is Justin and why you're not a douchebag. Yeah, good idea. Um, and then give us a call at 402-95-SADIE. Um, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter, both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. Yeah. So all you Justins out there is Justin. You know, like this whole new thing, Karen. Like oh, yeah, all yeah. these like basic moms, right. anti-vaxxers and and like people and women who protest uh, the lock-ins and stuff right. are all called Karens and we should be called Justins <laughs> instead of Chads and all those other <laughs> yeah. things. Justins should be the new name. Justin is absolutely a Chad. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, but less like muscly because sometimes chads can be a little muscly. But yeah, Justin is just like, yeah. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening. Stay safe out there as things slowly start to reopen. Just be careful. Yep. Just wasted nine minutes of your life. Yeah!